This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Yo, let me hop on the track real quick. Easy. Now, Emmett Till, this is the anniversary of when he died, when he was lynched in Mississippi for allegedly flirting with a white woman. Just looking at that story makes me mad, but it also teaches me that life isn't fair. How all the people involved with his murder lived long lives and lived into their 60s. I mean, it doesn't mean their lives were great. I mean, they seemed like they struggled a little bit, but they got to live out their lives and Emmett Till didn't over some nonsense. Over something that may or may not have happened. That infuriates me. And, you know, I can't imagine how the people back then felt. Now, my grandma was a teenager. My grandparents were teenagers, young adults. I can't imagine how they felt. They were probably upset and mad, too. It's crazy, but the the only reason I mention that because life isn't fair. And I just have to deal with that and just be thankful for every day that I live and not cry over simple stuff. I'm just saying. So now I'm going to get into Jacob Blake. When I first saw the video, just like all the rest of these videos, like Philando Castile and um, Eric Gardner, uh, what's his name, George Floyd. When you see these videos, you're like, man, God, man. like it, the shock and the horror. And you just... You just get mad, man. Kind of like seeing Emmett Till's funeral casket. You just get mad. You get upset. You just look like another unarmed person got shot. And it's like, why does this keep happening? But then more detail come out. And I hear that he got tackled. And they tried to use a taser. And then they shot him seven times. Because he was reaching in his car. And it looked like he was reaching for a gun. We don't know if he was reaching for a knife or trying to escape. Whatever the details are, I don't, he doesn't deserve, he didn't deserve to get shot seven times. Of course, it sparks outrage because it forces a person to say, why does this keep happening? Oh, there's a certain number of people who say, oh, this keep happening because people are resisting arrest. Like police won't touch you if you don't resist arrest. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. A lot of people say that. A lot of people say that, but we don't... Okay, that may be true. That may be true to a certain degree, but he's these people people don't deserve to get shot like that. These people don't deserve to die. Like, we got to try harder to not get to that point. Got to try harder. Got to try harder. Unless you're, like, indefinitely in imminent danger for sure, then you shouldn't be doing that. that that's what I think. What really, got, what really got a lot of black people mad is just... The image of it, the image of it, like, and they perceive it as the police don't care about us. The people in power don't care about us. White people still don't care about us. See, when you see stuff like Jacob Blake, you automatically think of all the history. Think of what happened with it in the Jim Crow era. And you think about all the other people that died, like Michael, Michael, like Michael Brown and Tamir Rice all these guys. I, I mean, I'm sure that there's definitely other sides to those arguments and ways people justify it, but 
you know, at the end of the day, these people, I think this stuff could have been avoided somehow, some way. But it, it just sucks, man. It just it just makes it seem like black lives don't matter, which is why the movement exists. Because the image of it, man. Image and the perception. And then that that is the cherry on top to all the uh, systematic oppression and all the the other stuff that has happened throughout our history as a nation. I know what to say, man. It's, it's crazy. Jacob Blake is not, on paper, doesn't seem like a good person. <laughs> I mean, come on. Sexual assault, crimes involving minors, domestic disputes. You can argue that he's a bigger danger to the black community than the police. That you could literally make that argument. But still, he didn't. I still don't think he deserved to get shot seven times. And now he's paralyzed. And it's like, damn, bro. Just now that the system is kind of shaky. System is kind of shaky. But you got to step back and just look at it from all angles and all sides. And not like and not like rush to one side or the other. But people going to do that because people perceive things differently. And that's just what I see. But the reaction to it. From the NBA players, it just shows you that life is bigger than basketball. That was my bigger that was my biggest takeaway from that. That life is bigger than basketball. That these NBA players are people first. And right now they don't feel like their lives are valued. Now they may be rich, they may be millionaires, but the image that people like them could just get shot down like that. And killed doesn't look good even when they're when they're not armed or even when you know what i'm saying they're asleep or something it is not a good look it's not a good look despite what the people's background is these people didn't deserve to die these people didn't deserve to get seriously hurt like that i'm just i'm just saying it's just a lot of emotion when you step back do you just see how insignificant basketball really is that's what you see that's what you'll see at the end of the day when you actually step back from all of this. That's why this stuff is happening. I mean, there's half people that's applauding it. There's a lot of people applauding it. There's a lot of people that think they're dumb and they think they're going to go broke because they're alienating their audience because they're trying to be woke and getting behind criminals that don't obey the law and they don't... Um. They resist arrest. It's multiple ways to look at it. I mean, should he resist arrest? No. Should the police have done a better job of corralling him? Yes. It just it just is what it is when you look at it, man. But at the end of the day, life is bigger than basketball. Do not forget that. Do not forget that. There's a growing group of people that says that playing is the best way for these athletes to get out the message because that gives them the biggest platform. If they get away from playing, the message will get lost because no one's going to care about them if they're not playing. But that's how some people see it. Other people, but then again, by them not playing, by them making headlines and a lot of noise getting uh, generated because of what they did, maybe what they did is working because it got people talking. Got people talking. Now, if they decide to play it, they if they decide to play it, they decide not to play. 
It is what it is. I I'll be fine no matter what. Sports are entertainment. I I know it's a big part of my life. But I'll be fine without it. I got video games. I got YouTube. I got this show. I got Twitter. Like, I'm good. I'm good, man. I don't need sports, man. These guys are human beings, need to be treated like human beings. And if they decide they don't want to play because they don't feel like their lives are being valued and they have too heavy a heart to play, then it is what it is. That's fine. Just just take as much time you need. Because I want them to be right, man. Not just right in the head and right emotionally. Not just sit them here playing a meaningless game to them in the grand scheme of things. Well, not to them. Just in the grand scheme of things, the game is meaningless. <laughs> I'm just saying. For real. Another thing is, oh, well, I've said even the George Floyd protest. Coming together is important. It's the most important thing. If we get enough people to put their time and effort towards a cause, if they come together towards a cause, like I'm talking, no, not just a few hundred people, not just a few thousand people, but a hundred thousand millions, we can really evoke change, invoke change or whatever the word is. Like We can really generate change faster if we all come together and work together. If we all divide it, if not enough people care, nothing's really going to happen. That's why, you know, politicians are overrated, bro. Because real change happens when enough people come together, strengthen numbers. That's why he's, That's why it's overrated. I'm telling you, we come together, change can happen. And stuff like this, the NHL, the MLB, M- NBA, WNBA coming together and not playing and speaking out against racial injustice by something that just uh, they just need a, a spark like what they just saw like it what they saw in the Jacob Blake thing was the emotional was the emotional cherry on top it's, it was a cherry on top um something that emotionally driven no something something that like bad that gets you emotional like that is going to just drive you to want change. And that's what's going on. I can't blame them. It is what it is, man. I love people coming together, for sure. Uh, Kenny Smith walked off the set on TNT. My first reaction was like, what? Why Why would you just leave the set? Why didn't you? Why did you show up to begin with? But then again, you got to remember that the Bucks didn't decide to boycott until he was on set. <laughs> <laughs> so once he got a chance to process it and the emotions started to flow in, I think that's when he decided, no, nah, I need to get out of here. But when I was looking, I was like, what the heck? Why? Like, what is this? Why? You're on TV. You're not playing. But then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, it's probably really weighing on him. And, it, and it, the, the more he talks about it while on set, the less he wants to be there. I know they had been talking about boycotts and strikes all throughout the day before beforehand but until something like actually happened it really like moved other people to follow the bucks lead when they left the court against orlando so i can't really be mad at kenny smith i can't really uh 
judge him for what he did, I completely understand. His heart was probably heavy. When you see stuff like that happen to black people and people that look like you, you think about your family and friends who look like you and you'd be like, damn, that could happen to them. It's just not a good feeling. It's just not a good feeling. But when it comes to police, we don't got to abolish them. Just got to gotta make changes, though, man. We got to make changes. Or maybe, are we overreacting? Because this doesn't happen much. But it shouldn't happen at all. The fact that it's even happening and we keep having mad examples of uh, black people getting shot or, or killed when they're either unarmed or barely armed and not really attacking the police is just sad, man. I know it doesn't happen often, but it just shouldn't be happening at all. So that's why people want some improvements. Hey, we'll see. I support the, I support the boycotts. I support the strikes. Just step back and just look at the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. This country does need improvements. Do need to create change. But just don't completely overreact, <laughs> man. I'm just saying. Well, I can't. I can't tell y'all to do that. Because people perceive things differently. You just got to chill with the generalizations. Not all police the same. Not all black people the same. Not all white people the same. Can't really generalize. You just got to come together and agree on what we need change. That's it. I spent a lot of time on this. I was mostly saying the same thing. Like, it just, just is what it is. I was going to talk about what Whitlock said, but... This has gone on too long. <laughs> this has gone on too long. Like, I, I could spend a whole episode talking about... I could spend half an episode talking about what Whitlock said about LeBron James and China. How the black community needs to invest in itself and stop worrying about racist white people. This is basically what he said. So, I'm not going to go deep into that. Some... He's right to some. He's right to some degree, but other in other degrees, he's just kind of reaching and being kind of get off my lawnish and not understanding where people are coming from. I'm just saying. Now let's get it. The DC sports carousel. So the Washington football team, they cut Cody Latimer who had, I don't know, he's dealing with the thing with the domestic dispute. Someone might've did something to his son and he went off at this card party. He got all these charges over his head and he was in, he's in the commissioner's exemplist and he was there before Ron Rivera got there. So they kind of just kind of was waiting and seeing I don't know what caused him to finally release him. I don't know if it was his play on the field. I don't think he was on the field. I don't know what caused him to finally release him. Maybe they finally reviewed it and was like, all right, this guy needs to go. <laughs> it's good for their image to let go of people like Latimer and Geis who are in big time legal trouble. It just makes sense. They waive Moss with an injury designation, so he still could be on the team if he clears waivers. But he's on, like, very thin ice. I think he's going to be on the practice squad. 
I mean, the Redskins was a perfect team for him because they barely have any tight ends. Either they don't got really any good tight ends. Vernon Davis is gone. Uh, Jordan Reed is gone. I don't know what's up with Jeremy Sprinkle. And then they got Logan Thomas from Virginia Tech, who's a quarterback. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do at tight end. I thought Moss would be there for them. But I guess he was subpar in practice, then got hurt. Boom. That's one guy out the way. I'm rooting for him because he's pretty good for LSU. I like what I saw. He he had that touchdown against OU, and I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> he had two touchdowns against Clemson. Guy can play a little. He just got to stay healthy and kind of get more athletic. Just saying. Now, the, in my Madden League, the last chance league online, I picked the Washington football team because I like giving them the nickname, the Go-Go Band, and I want to see what it's like to rebuild a team that is bad as they are. We'll see. I, I'm up for the rebuild job. It's my hometown team. Why not? I was looking at them on a video in Madden 21. I'm like, these guys are trash. Just look at the overalls. They are garbage. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I do want to know how good Tra Chase Young is going to be. Oh, man, he could be a beast. That's the main reason why I got the team, because I want to play with Chase Young. The kid is dope. We'll see how that goes. But I don't know. I already struggled enough with the Eagles in these Madden leagues, and they're a much more talented team. So I can't imagine what's going to happen with the Redskins. Well, Washington football team. I got to get used to that. <laughs> uh, and the thing with Dan Snyder, all the local sports radio guys keep talking about Snyder. I really don't. I don't know. I, I don't think it's as big of a deal to me because it's all allegations. Like, I don't know if this stuff is true or not. Just like the thing with the Epstein sex trafficking uh, situation, his involvement was proved to be false. So I don't know what involvement he had with the work environment and the whole calendar shoot with the cheerleaders. If this stuff is true, it doesn't look good for him, but it's not going to be enough for him to sell the team. He's not going to sell the team. The only way you're going to sell the team is if he die and his wife or family decides to sell the team. No amount of pressure. He's just going to stay strong. He's confident, and he wants to turn this around as much as the fans does. It's just the fans don't like him. I don't blame you, man. The team been trash ever since he been owner. The Washington sitcom. That's what they are because they are hilarious every time you watch them play. <laughs> man, it's just always some nonsense, bro. Except when they play the Eagles. Like, the game's always close for the most part. Unless they have a ton of injuries, then the Eagles blow them out. But every time they have a decent roster, the games are close. So that gives me a bunch of anxieties. But watching them play against other teams, especially the Cowboys, is always a joke. I'm like, what are these guys doing, man? <laughs> the, that's my running joke, that the Washington football team is a comedy sitcom. It's a sitcom. Just saying.
So now let's get to the Nationals. The Nationals are trash and inconsistent. They are trash and inconsistent. They dropped two to the Phillies and haven't beaten them all season. They didn't beat them in the scrimmages either. They've lost three straight, but I do love that they joined the protest and they didn't play their third game against the Phillies. Thank God, because they probably was going to lose anyway. But I'm glad they're joining into the protest. And I just love that all these D.C. teams, every D.C. team that's in season postponed it, postponed their games. And I love it. People coming together to create change. And that's important. So they dropped two to the Phillies. So they're last in the NL East. They're six games back of Atlanta. Miami is in the second wild card spot. And they're a game and a half back of Atlanta. Like, what kind of world is this? And the Nats are five and four and a half games back from Miami. That seems discouraging, especially in a 60-game season. They've already played, what, 28? So they're about halfway through, and we're already six games back of Atlanta and four and a half back of Miami. It's not impossible to come back. But it's not looking good. We got to go on a crazy run like we did at the end of the season last year in order to get back in the playoffs. Because right now, the second worst team in the NL. And the Pirates own a winning streak. So they might catch the Nationals. How we do, How we go from the champs to second worst team in the NL? That's ridiculous. I probably got some, I got some theories. Inconsistent offense, not enough quality pitching. It's pretty much that simple, to be honest. I hope they get it together because I'm rooting for them. And you got the people at the office and the main office calling me and asking me for season tickets, asking me to pay for Uh, season ticket plans i'm like man come on not only can i not afford it but the team is playing like trash come on man come on man i hope they get it together you know at least with dc united they're rebuilding and at least with the mystics they have a ton of like injuries and opt-outs i know the nats they don't have zimmerman they don't have Strasburg, Scherzer's in and out. I know, but come on, man. We got to get it together. This is crazy. This is crazy. This this team has some talent, and I believe is a playoff team. Like, what are they doing, bro? They out here loafing. The Caps fired Todd Reardon. Thank God. Two first-round exits in a row. The last one was very embarrassing, and we only run – Two games in the bubble. They were both one goal games. They I don't know what happened in the bubble. They didn't they only won two games. And they just look like like one of the worst teams there. <laughs> That's just crazy to me. That's crazy. This is a talented team. A Stanley Cup caliber roster, and he's just underachieving. Now I know that was the Capitals' mo before the 
the Stanley Cup. I was about to say World Cup, but <laughs> Stanley Cup. But this team still had it, still had their core together. Now, I know they're getting old, and like the guys on 106.7 The Fan said, they're getting a little long in the tooth. I know. This team could still do something, in my opinion. I don't think I'm the only one that believes that. Maybe getting rid of Todd Reardon will help, especially when you just lost 4-1. You almost got swept by Barry Trotz, your former boss, who led our team to the Stanley Cup Finals, the Stanley Cup victory. I know that's a hard act to follow, but it's just we just went out the way we went out, man, and just the last two years, the way the Caps have played the second half of the season both years, it's ridiculous. He had to go. He had to go. It is what it is. Maybe if they won that series, maybe he'd still be here. They'd be still playing. They would be playing the, I guess, the Flyers right now. But it didn't happen. So changes got to be made. The Mystics, I'm very proud of them. I'm very, very proud of them. Their protests, I don't think I've ever been as proud to be a Mystics fan as I am right now. The way they just, they had the shirts that spelled out Jacob Blake's name and they had the the bullet holes in the back. They are really making a strong statement that we don't like what we saw in that video. And we just believe that there's racial injustice and change needs to be made. Regardless of what you think about Jacob Blake, changes need to be made as a whole. That was just the straw to stir the drink. That's what they believe. There's some strong activists in the WNBA and they go all out. They go all out, but they don't get the attention because people don't take them seriously as a league to begin with. So their activism isn't taken seriously, which is crazy because they're really fighting. They're really going all out. You got to give them credit. I'm, I'm doing that today. Maybe I'll go a little easier on the Mystics because, you know, they, they're going through injuries and now they got the social justice thing. I, I can't go that hard on them. I, I You know what I'm saying? I know they lost to Phoenix. I know that they're, like, sitting outside of the eighth spot. But at the end of the day, they're doing something that's more important than basketball. And I like the messages of their T-shirt. They, they got people looking and they got people talking. And that's important. Because that, maybe that will get people to come together and, and do something and be the change they want to see. I, hey, props to them. I love them. I'm not worried about what happened this season. I just love what they're doing right now. Now, DC United. DC United has not won a game since March 7th. They have not. And to make it worse, only know like a handful of people on that team. The people who stand out is Bill Hamid, our long time goalkeeper and Higuain the old man the old seasoned vet who played for Columbus that gave us fits he's he's with us and he kept us afloat in the bubble those are the only two people I really know everybody else I either somewhat know 
or I don't know at all. When they played against, they they just lost their recent game. I think it was against New England. It was. Ola Kamara scored their only goal. Their only goal since they left the bubble. They had a 0-0 tie against Cincinnati. I'm looking at them and I'm like, I don't really know who these guys are. Maybe I need to take some time, really research the roster, look at some highlights, and really get to know these guys. Because I like DC United, but I know very little about them. So I'm going to make it my mission to get to know them, to get to know who they are. That's my thing, man. That's what I want to do. So that's it for the DC Sports Carousel. So now it's time for the Life Power Rankings. New segment, things going on in my life, uh, things that make me happiest in life right now and things that get on my nerves in life. Top five and bottom five overall life power rankings. Got this from Chad Dukes. So let's start with the top five. Honorable mention, a lot of honorable mentions. Uh, Thunder game three and four versus the Rockets. They were amazing. They battled back in the series like I thought they would. Uh, I'm happy. The Lakers Blazers series. Kind of got out of hand. Maybe I should have taken that off the list because it got out of hand, and now Damian Lillard's hurt. I'm glad he got to see his son. That that was very touching. Glad he got to see his son. He, his son put a smile on his face, and I love it. The Dame Time Watch memes. I know, I know it's a bad look. I know it's making fun of Damian Lillard, but them joints are funny. I never get tired of the the Dame Time Apple Watch going out. <laughs> That's hilarious. The Issa Rae commercial, never get tired of that. The new Chris Paul commercials are great. The overreaction to Janelle getting evicted, nommed and evicted. I know she's the most popular person on the show, but come on, like it's not that big of a deal. Like the show goes on. You, your favorites get evicted. It's part of the game. Get over it. Uh, Charles Barkley. Guaranteed. He guaranteed the Nuggets was going to win. They got blown out by 30-something. That is, that's comedy. I love Charles Barkley. The Angela Betancourt interview was fun. I need to post that clip of her talking about David Beckham. That story was pretty entertaining. Uh, The Chad Duke show, the reason why I'm even doing this segment. I love his show. He's not a normal guy. And that's fine. He's just, he's very unique. He's awesome. Him and um, Landfill, you know, the fat guys, man, they are, <laughs> they are taking over that part of the radio, that time segment. I love this show, and I wish them much success in the future. So now, top five. Number five, coming in number five, the Sooner Summit. I spoke about that before. Damn, who is that? Um... <laughs> I spoke about that before. Uh, Caleb Williams organizing all the recruits and Norman and helping his family house hunt is incredible. He's he's already showing his leadership, and you got to be very encouraged if you're an Oklahoma Sooner football fan like I am. You got to be very encouraged. The future of our team is in very good hands with this kid and you know what makes me prouder is he's from the dc area and he went to a rival high school of mine so he comes from about the same neck of the woods and the same similar type of environment so that just makes me happy man i 
I really am rooting for this kid. I'm a big fan. Number four, Luka. Just watching him play. Luka Doncic has been incredible. He puts on a show. What he did against the Clippers, game four, just heroic performance. And then the, the step-back game-winning shot. Good Lord, man. That was man, that was beautiful. That was a work of art. He had like a 40-point triple-double. He went off. He went off. I'm telling you, him and Trey Young are going to take over the NBA. They're going to be the next Magic and Bird. When I say that, I mean two people come into the league at the same time and take the league by storm by a decade, same way Larry Bird and Magic Johnson did. If they can get some help, it is a wrap. They're going to alternate titles for about five years if they can get some help. Now, that all depends on GMs and, and injury help, injury luck and all that. But we'll see. Number three, learning about the Bring the Mio cast. Uh, man. Bring the Mio is a podcast that I discovered because of the Bracketeers podcast tournament that I just somehow just entered my podcast in. I didn't expect to win. I didn't have a lot of confidence because I'm Mr. Just Take That L. I assumed I was going to take that L. I didn't spam. I didn't campaign. I knew I was going to lose, and somehow I only lost by 5%. So if I actually tried, I would have won. Anyway, I end up stumbling across Bring the Mio. I actually heard about them in a advertisement listening to Pod Tipsy because I was trying to listen to all of those podcasts in the tournament just to see what I can learn from them and kind of see who I like and who I want to listen to going forward. So I hear that, and then I see them on Twitter and then I finally get to them on the bracket. And I'm like, I like them. And the girls are pretty cute. <laughs> oh, man. And I got to uh, learn a little bit about Desiree. And I think this other one, the one that's obsessed with Pete Carroll, which what in the world. <laughs> but, hey, man, they are a good, they are a favorite to possibly win my redo of the Bracketeers podcast tournament, which... I will do a whole episode on that next week. They are the favorites. I just like, you know, I just like learning more about them for sure. But I like what I've heard so far. And they, they got a podcast that's uh, basically about drinking and uh, sex stories and fantasies and all that. Raunchy, raunchy, controversial, not safe for work stuff. So if you're into that, go go give them a listen. Just saying. Number two, Pastor Thompson's sermons. I don't listen to them enough. I'm behind by like three or four weeks. But every time I listen to him speak, speak, I'm encouraged, I'm inspired, and it gets me back on track spiritually. And I'm so thankful for this man that came into my church's life about 12 years ago. Very thankful for him. Uh, He's putting in our lives he was put in our lives for a reason. I think the last uh, sermon I listened to was Faith Forward. It's all about moving forward, especially in the month of August and uncertain times. So, hey, if you want to listen to him on YouTube, City of Joy Media. Just saying. <laughs> all right. Now, number one, Fidel's Wedding. They really, they really talk about black love and how... They view the world as, or they view the country as 
trying to put frowns on black people's faces. I guess some people are, some people aren't. Like, there's a good portion of the country that don't want to see black people succeed. Even, like, even if they don't outright say it, they subconsciously are doing it. So it's very encouraging to see them get together. And Sarah's really nice. Um, Fadal's my first cousin, and we've been we've been close. We've been pretty tight since um since we were really young. We were we were, de- we were really really close when we were young, like six or seven ish. Before he moved to Atlanta, then we kind of just been up and down. But but usually when I see him, it's like we pick up where we left off. Usually. I'm just happy for him. He just he met an amazing woman that comes from an amazing family. And I really wish them much success. Seeing them get married just put a smile on my face. We supposed to have this big shindig in New Orleans. We would have had a lot of fun. It didn't happen. Hopefully it happens next year. Prayers, God willing. But the Zoom wedding was fine. It was fine. And the toast afterward was fine. I didn't say anything, but I love what I saw. Now the bottom five. Uh, bank account stress because, you know, Madden's coming out. I got to get that. Then I had a $200 ticket that's kind of that's kind of like petty. So I just stress about that. This is honorable mention. Thinking about my dating fails, that definitely sucks because it replays in my head and it's just, just um, creating self-doubt and fostering things like depression and anxiety. It just, it, it it's not all it's not the sole reason for all the negative mental things that happen to me but it definitely helps (laughs) you know what i'm saying definitely doesn't help me mentally or spiritually so you got to work on that and work on getting past those mistakes getting past those fails dating fails so i can move on my life and do some amazing things. Uh, pedestrians and drivers in D.C., pedestrians walk anywhere they want. They get in the way. They, I don't know how they be escaping getting hit because they don't give a fuck. Drivers be tailgating, speeding. There's a reason why we get these tickets and all these speed traps because people be acting the fool on the road. It gets on my nerves, but it's just part of living in D.C. I just got to manage to distress and annoyance the Nats post game oh well no I'll talk about that later that's actually number five uh what about ism on Twitter when we're talking about social issues people like to bring up other things that has nothing to do with the topic or has very little to do with the topic and it's kind of annoying because they're not doing anything about the situation they bring up so it's just tired of seeing it man the Madden Super Bowl loss. I won 12 in a row in my latest franchise against the computer on all Madden. After starting 2-4, and four, I went 12, 12 straight, went to the Super Bowl against the Browns, got down 20 to nothing, came back 21-20, and then I lose. I lose because I gave up a game-winning drive because um I didn't rush enough people. I had the verticals covered. But I gave Baker too much time, so it turned into a broken play, and they got in field goal range, and I let Chubb run it in for the score for the game-winning touchdown. Then I threw an interception at the end. It sucks, but it's just the games. Honorable mention. So now number five, bottom five, 
power rankings. The Nats in their post-game show, the Nats have been trash. They're getting on my nerves. I kind of don't want to watch them these days. Like, they're driving me crazy. They're losing to everybody. At best, they're splitting series. Now they're about to get swept by the Phillies. Like, when we make that game up, they're probably going to lose. Got swept by the Orioles at home. Like, what are they doing? And then to make it worse, when I go out the lift, their corny post-game show takes, like, forever. I'd be wanting to listen to JR. I don't listen to that post-game show. It's corny. It's whack. No offense to Pete, Pete Methurst and Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. Y'all are great, man. It's just after the game, I ain't trying to hear y'all, bro. I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real. But there's nothing I can do because the world doesn't revolve around me. So number four, uh, flag football pickup team excuses and complaints. So this was last week when we played. And my team, my pickup team lost. Because uh, the guy who was our quarterback, his little brother was on the other team, and he was killing us. He's like Michael Vick. He's very hard to tag because he's so fast, quick, and elusive. You you cannot grab his flag. It's very hard. It's frustrating. So we lost by two, mostly because we couldn't stop this guy. And people were complaining about his running, and people were getting in arguments about it. And I'm like, Why? We had a chance to win. We got stopped on fourth down at the goal line like three times. We threw interceptions. Like, no excuses. I don't care how good he was. We we did all that stuff. He did all that stuff, and we still had a chance to win. I ain't here for the excuses. Not, nah, not that day. I wasn't trying to hear it. I didn't say nothing. I just walked out. I just left because it was nonsense. Number three, the black gender war. It all started, like... Black women and black men have been going at it on Twitter for a while now. Probably since Twitter was invented. But definitely lately, especially since Megan Thee Stallion got shot by a black man, Tory Lanez. So that just brings up how uh, black women are mistreated, especially about, especially by black men. And I just feel like black men and black women always be criticizing each other. They always, like, tear each other down, man always just negative negativity between them all the time on Twitter. That's all I see. That's why when you see Fadal and Sarah get married, my, my cousin and, and his wife, when you see them get married and how how much love comes out of their relationship and stuff, man, it, it's encouraging and it's different from what I see on Twitter, man. That's crazy, man. Like, we all just tearing each other down, just using every excuse in the book to do so. And I don't like it, man. I don't like it. We need to come together. We need to come together, but black men and women, and um, do some great things. And I feel like we have. We have and we do. But it's just a, a growing rift between between us. And I don't like it. I don't like what I'm seeing. Now, the Capitals are number two. I'm very disappointed in them. They lost to the Islanders. I didn't want to lose that series. Anyone in the first round, he was going to get the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the Penguins, I ain't want to lose to them because they're big-time rivals. Not only that they lost, the way they lost. The way they lost was awful. I'm done. Number one is unarmed black people dying, but this is a controversial number one because the guy was kind of armed. 
kind of. It's debatable, but just uh, just seeing that is just crazy. And even goes back to Emmett Till. It just just brings back, the, I guess, one of the weaknesses of our country. That's, you know, just the weakness of human beings in general. Just not treating people who are different from us the right way. Like, we don't treat people who are different from us right. Not consistently. And that's a problem. That's how we get all these wars and all this oppression and stuff like that, man. That's ridiculous. I guess it's part of the human experience. And if I feel like it shouldn't be, but it just, that's what it is. And I guess we can only do but so much. But it's just frustrating to watch. But that's it for the top and bottom five. Spend a lot of time on that. I need to be a little quicker next time. Uh, let's see. So we got the Sooner Schooner. Make this one quick. Is Spencer Rattler starting? Probably. I keep hearing rumblings about him struggling with the playbook, which is kind of nonsense because how hard that team works on on uh, installing the playbook and the fact that he's been there for a year, that's kind of weird um, that he'd be struggling like that. But I hear rumblings about him possibly not starting, that Mordecai's ahead of him, Tanner Mordecai. I don't believe it. But then you hear those things and then you see all these tweets about his Heisman odds and how he's better than Sam Ellinger, which he probably is. <laughs> I'd say he is. We, we, we'll have to see it to believe it, but I believe he is. I'm biased. <laughs> I'm biased. We just got to look out for that, okay? I think Spencer Rattler is going to start, but we're going to have to wait and see. The rumors are definitely concerning, but where are they coming from? Are they coming from te trolling Texas fans? If so, we just got to throw that out because we're just, we're going to crush them. The KBO playoff format. That's it for the Sooner Schooner, by the way. Quick one. Uh, Sooner Schooner went half a lap. <laughs> uh, so, uh, KBO playoff format. It's weird. The first seed goes all the way to the finals. They get like a quadruple bye. The four and five seed plays, and it's just like the NBA, like I said before, the five seed has to beat the four seed two times in a row to advance. If the four seed wins once, they move on to play the third seed. And I think that's the same situation. Like the higher seed only has to win once, yada, yada, yada. And then same thing against the second seed. And then whoever wins that goes against the number one seed, which will probably be NC Dinos. I've never seen anything like that. I don't understand the logic. And Jessica Mendoza pointed out that the number one seed has all that time off before the Korean series, before the championship. And that's, and that's insane to her because baseball is about rhythm. It's about playing every day to, you know, get your rhythm and to get, you know, the continuity in your uh, swings and, and fielding and all that. Baseball is about consistency, rhythm, and flow. So that's why it's ludicrous to her that the one seed got all this time off. Will the playoffs air on ESPN? I don't know. That's a good question. I would love to see it. I would definitely love to see it. Oh, last thing before the hypothetical game of the episode. North Dakota State versus Central Arkansas will happen later this year. That is great because we all want to see Trey Lance. It better be on national TV because we all want to see Trey Lance. I only 
this only came to my attention because I was watching Flim Low Raps. Shout out to him. So we, we want to see what Trey Lance does. Uh, North Dakota State's probably going to kill them. But we want to see. The scouts probably want to see. It's just a big game. Huge hype. I can't wait to see. Now, the hypothetical game of the episode. It's the championship of the mini tournament. We got on one side the visiting team, the 06 Boise State Broncos. They went undefeated. You know the team. Jared Sabransky, Ian Johnson, and that, and Chris Peterson, that whole crew that you, you, you know, you know them. The 2012. Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the team I cannot stand. One of the teams I hate the most in all time. One of my all-time least favorite teams is that team. They are led by Everett Golson and Theo Reddick. Uh, Manti Teo, he was the main character in, on that team. Uh, man. Uh, Stefan Tuitt, Lewis Nix. Uh, good cast of characters in there. Anyway, let's get into it. So Notre Dame's hosting... Is at the famous, their famous stadium, touchdown Jesus looking over us all, looking over them all. And we're off. We're off. So right off the bat, TJ Jones catch a post yard, a post touchdown from um from Everett Golson. Seven nothing already. And after a three and out, Kyle Brenza. 35-yard field goal. Now it's 10-0 Notre Dame. After they trade a few uh, unsuccessful series uh, on offense, Notre Dame gets the ball back. Theo Riddick bursts up the middle, pass the safety, 57-yard touchdown. And now it is 17-0 Notre Dame. After a turnover deep in Boise State's territory, Notre Dame, Gets it back. Quick run by Theo Riddick. And then a two-yard a two-yard dump pass to Tyler Eifert. Now it's 24-0. It's getting out of hand. Anthony Montgomery gets a field goal for Boise State, who finally crosses the 50-yard line. Uh, George Atkinson scores a touchdown for Notre Dame. It's 31-3 now. And then right after that, Boise State three and out at the long pass by Notre Dame and Kyle Brenza 44 yards. Now it's 34 to three. George Atkinson scores another touchdown in garbage time, 65 yards, 65 yards sweeps, cuts back, jukes the linebacker, out sprints past the corner in the safety and scores up the left sideline. 65-yard touchdown, and it's 41-3 to Notre Dame, and that is the final score. I thought it was a fluke, so I ran the simulation two more times. At Boise State, it was closer. Notre Dame still won, and I ran it on a neutral field. Notre Dame, it wasn't, wasn't that close again. Notre Dame won easily. So that maybe that was a mismatch. Maybe I should pick better teams in the mini tournament, but that's what happened. That's what happened. You know I use what if sports for college football or any football, basketball simulations. I use what if sports. Maybe even MLB. If I'm doing something creative like using using made-up characters or using celebrities that don't play sports, then I'll 
then I'll do my best to make up a story. <laughs> That's your hypothetical game of the week. Your mini tournament champions, Notre Dame fighting average from 2012. They better just they just better be glad Alabama wasn't in that tournament. So <laughs> that's how I'm going to end, and I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.